0: Today we are starting a new series in um, the Gospel according to Luke, right? And the main goal of this series is to grow our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I say that because according to Dr. Luke, this is the main reason he wrote this record of Jesus. We see that in the first four verses, but particularly verse 4 i was just reading verse 1 to 4 again. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were high witnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Why? Well, verse 4 tells us that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Luke is writing this record to a man called Theophilus. And the burden on Luke's heart is that he wants this man, this follower of Jesus, to be certain, to be confident, to trust The truth of Jesus. Now, we don't know a lot about Luke, but what we know is that he was a friend of the Apostle Paul. Uh, We have come across Luke in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, where Paul described him as our beloved physician. He was a doctor. And when we read Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, in its context, it seems to strongly suggest that Luke was a Gentile. It is also actually highly likely that Luke was once a slave and uh, most doctors at that time used to be slaves before they were uh, and then they specialized in that area. And we also know that Luke was very educated. Not only because he's a doctor, but also from his outstanding command of the New Testament Greek language. You know, the vocabulary of Luke in his original language is extensive and rich. And at times it reads like classical Greek. For example, Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, which we are looking at this morning, is actually a single sentence of perfect Greek. Many have been amazed as they've read these opening verses. It's just so perfect. So as we open the book of Luke, we are reading... One of the most gifted, one of the most brilliant minds that God raised in the history of the church. We know the brilliance of Solomon. We know the brilliance of the Apostle Paul. And Luke is another brilliant mind. Luke, of course, also wrote the book of Acts. And both are addressed to the same person, aren't they? The wonderfully named Theophilus. I say wonderfully named because Theophilus means friend of God. Now, we don't know anything about Theophilus, except that he's a follower of Jesus like us, and that like us, he needs to grow in trusting Jesus. All true followers of Jesus know the person and work of Jesus. If you're trusting in Jesus this morning, you know Jesus, and Jesus knows you. And yet, and because you know Jesus and Jesus knows you, you need to keep growing in trusting in Jesus. We have been saved. We are being saved. That is, we are being sanctified. And we will be saved. That is to say we will be glorified. Every believer with assured heaven is still a work in progress until we see Jesus face to face. So we need to keep growing in trusting in Jesus. If you want to thrive in Christ, if you want this church to grow in unity and love in Christ, we must help one another to grow in looking to Jesus, in trusting the truth of Jesus. And my task this morning, as we begin this exposition of Luke, is to encourage us to grow in trusting the truth of Jesus. And I want to do this by reminding us of three reasons Dr. Luke gives us in verse 1 to 4 of why we can be confident in the truth of Jesus. In a world where the, the, the truth of Jesus is questioned, why can we be confident in the truth of Jesus? Well, Luke here gives us three reasons. Well, we learn three reasons anyway from Luke in these opening verses to the um, <coughs> Gospel. And they are in front of your outline three truths. Three reasons. First of all, we can be confident in the truth of Jesus because it is historical. Secondly, we can be confident in the truth of Jesus because it is not man's truth, it is divine truth. And thirdly, we can be confident in the truth of Jesus because it is life-changing. It transforms us. Let us just look at those three things um, briefly. First, the truth of Jesus is historical. What do I mean by that? By historical, I mean the events of the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ recorded for us in the Bible are true and significant events that really happened. In 2020, the University of Sunderland closed its history department. Why did it do that? Well, because only 14 students applied, and it's expensive to run a department. Right? You see, something has been happening in this country, and it is this, that there has been a decline in the interest in studying history, at air levels and university. I don't know if you've got a, a, a child who's doing A-levels, but it's very unlikely they are doing history. There might be, but it might be unlikely that they are doing history. That's just the interest has declined, right? We are not interested in the study of history as something that matters in life. We can watch a a documentary here and there, but studying it... Why is that? Well, it's because people now believe that we cannot trust any record of history because history now, we view it as simply a matter of opinion. We are living in a relativistic world where people believe your view of the past... It's just your view of the past. You have your view of the past, and I have my view of the past. And by the way, history can be changed as well. Many believe we have the power to change our history. If you are born as a woman, you can erase the past and, be- and become a man today. If we have a, something that happened in the past we're not happy with, we can put down the statues and forget about the past. You see, this ideology that we each have our truth means there is no objective past. All of us now live in the present. It is how we see life now and through our eyes that matters. There is no past, only the present, as George Orwell says in 1984. This belief that we each have our own truths has actually also led down to the breakdown of what we call official narratives. You know, it has become fashionable now to doubt everything. And this phrase actually became very popular during the pandemic. As people are skeptical about lockdowns and everything, you watch a video and it will tell you, doubt everything. Don't believe anything. And it sounded cool, right? Except... It also includes not believing historical facts. You see, the skepticism of all history is ultimately opposed to the truth of Jesus. Because we are now living in a society where people dismiss the historical truths of the Bible. For example, if you tell them that what Jesus said about marriage, right? Jesus said this and this about marriage, right? That marriage is between a man and a woman. Right? In holy matrimony, they'll just say, that's just your opinion. That's how you're reading Jesus, you see. We can be sure what Jesus really said. I have my opinion about history. You have an opinion about history. And by the way, history is, right, is written by oppressors, they'll say. So you are oppressing me, and I, why should I believe what you said about Jesus? Right? Do you see what's happening? The Bible, though, teaches us that the truth of Jesus is not a matter of opinion. The truth of Jesus is not something that is just made up or which we can decide to change. It is based on true historical events. Look at this one there in Luke 1, this one. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, we just stop there. We see that Luke says many have written about the the person and the events of Jesus Christ. Not a few. Did you notice that? Not a few. Many. You see, the events of the life of Jesus moved many people to put it on paper. They did not simply... they did, they did this not simply because they were writing something ordinary that happened, but because they believed these were historical, earth-shaking events, and they believe that the person of Jesus is a unique person. It's like when King Charles III ascended the throne. On that day, I mean, if you liked watching football or you liked doing other things, you'd have been so you're just tired. Because you flick on this channel, there's a TV program about King Charles. I mean, like, his life, everything. You can, it's like there was no other news in the world, right? <clears throat> Everyone wanted to capture this historical moment. <clears throat> and Luke is saying, the truth of Jesus was so historical, it not only happened, it was a moment that many recognized as a huge as an event of infinite historical significance. People wanted to put it on their camera. They wanted to get their cameras out. Capture this moment. They wanted to to write blogs about it. They wanted to shout it out on Twitter. They wanted the world to remember. That would be the equivalent if it was happening today. Many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things of Jesus that have been accomplished among us. Just as those, look at this too. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. Luke is saying, this have not just been captured by many people. We can be confident that the historical events of Jesus are true and reliable because they were based on eyewitness accounts. Luke is saying, look, I have spoken with with eyewitnesses who were there when the earth shattering historical events in the life of Jesus took place. I've had conversation with the highest sources imaginable. The apostles who lived and talked with Jesus. People like the Apostle John, who said in first John chapter one, verse two, verse one to two, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which have which we have seen with our eyes which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. We can have confidence in the person and events of the life of Jesus, that they are really true. Our Lord Jesus really lived. You see, Christianity is not built, um, uh, is not built on a fable. Christianity is built upon real historical facts. It is based on the plain historical truth that God the Son, our Lord Jesus, has come to a sinful world to live a perfect life for us, die for us, and rise for us. And Luke emphasizes this reliability of the historical truth of Jesus by telling us that he has compiled his own account very carefully. Did you notice that in verse 3? Look at verse 3. What does he say? He says, It seemed good to me also, says Luke, having followed all things closely for some time, "...to write an orderly account for you, most excellent, Theophilus." Luke is saying, look, I have carefully investigated everything that I've written in this book. This is not a rash job. I have been following up issues for a while. Did you pick that up? For a while, right? I have checked, made cross-references, followed up leads, primary and secondary sources... This is not a made-up story or a fairy tale. This has been a detective job, to bring everything together, right? The truth of Jesus that I'm recording really happened. It is evidence-based. You can believe all that is in this book because it is reliable history. And I've worked hard, says Luke, to arrange the material in a way that you can understand it. I have done this because I I don't want you to have an excuse. I want you to be confident that the truth of Jesus is true and reliable history. I want you to read and grow in uh, trusting this truth of Jesus. So let me ask you here this morning. You come to church every Sunday. Or oh, regularly. Your parents bring you here. You know the Bible. You know who Jesus is. The question for you this morning is this. Do you believe in your heart the truth of Jesus? Do you trust in your heart that the personal events of Jesus are really true? I am not asking whether you know Jesus lived. Or whether you know Jesus died and rose from death. I am not asking whether you accept what is recorded in the Bible. I am taking that for granted. You do. What I am asking you is, can you say, Jesus really lived for me? Can you say that Jesus really died for me? Can you say that when Christ died on the cross, he poured his lifeblood to cleanse me from my sins? Can you say that I believe in my heart that Jesus rose from the grave for me? Can you say, I believe this truth of Jesus, this person of Jesus, and I have repented of my sin. And I am wholeheartedly trusting in Jesus and Jesus alone to save me. Can you say that? If the answer is no, Dr. Luke is saying to you, you have no excuse. Young or old, you have no excuse. All the evidence you need to truly trust in Jesus is available to you. In fact, God has brought you here this morning precisely to remind you that it's available to you. Trust in Jesus. You see, faith in Jesus is not about having a feeling in my tummy or having some blind faith in defiance of data. Faith in Jesus is not a leap in the dark which trusts God later. Sometimes I say faith in Jesus, Christians are not required to wake up each day with shouts of Jeronimo, right? No, true faith in Jesus, Christ means trusting in the truth of Jesus based on what we know about Jesus in the Bible, in history, and personal experience. And what Luke is declaring plainly to you here is this. You have all the evidence that you need to trust in Jesus today. I have gathered this evidence for you. And I have put it in this book. And you don't just have Luke. You got Mark, you got John, You go, Matthew? There's no reason for you to doubt the truth of Jesus. Says, look, these events I have recorded here concerning Jesus are true historical events. So the question for you this morning is simply this. Will you repent this morning of your sin and trust in Jesus to save you from the punishment of God for your sin that you deserve? Christ has come to bear the very wrath and judgment for you. Will you repent this morning? And will you show that your heart has really changed, beloved? Will you show your heart has really changed by being baptized? As long as you are claiming that I trust in Jesus, but you're not willing to obey in baptism, it raises huge questions about the seriousness of your profession. Huge questions. I am not merely interested in people that tell me I'm a Christian. I'm interested in people that have declared to Satan that they stand with Jesus. And they've done it publicly. That's a true believer, beloved. Baptism doesn't serve us. But it says we are serious about Jesus. He has changed us. We want to shout it loud like Luke. Repent. And be baptized. That's the gospel. The truth of Jesus demands a response. It demands you make a decision today. Will you trust in Jesus and receive forgiveness, new life and a new future with Jesus? Or will you keep rejecting him and continue to injure yourself by binding your soul to life of eternal suffering in hell? There's nothing clever, nothing smart about saying I'm sitting on the fence. That's cowardice. That's a failure to analyze the evidence and reach definitive conclusions. That's weakness of mind. Either reject Christ and suffer in hell or embrace him. But don't simply drift into hell. Have the courage to make up your mind today. Now, if you're already a true follower of Jesus, this truth... That the truth of Jesus is historic should encourage you. Remember, the Gospel of Luke is actually written for believers. We tend to pass them to the Sunday Schools, these Gospels. No, we are our desire is to go in this church through all the four Gospels. We've already done Mark. The sermons are online. And we are going through Luke now because we believe this word of God is primarily, particularly written for believers. This is how we grow in Christ. We'll say more about that. The truth of Jesus. knowing that the truth of Jesus is historical, should encourage you in your work with Jesus. The truth of Jesus stands up to scrutiny, doesn't it? No matter what the world throws at us, we have no reason to doubt the truth of Jesus because it is historical. It is true and reliable. And it is significant history. And we can be confident that it is true significant history because of the second reason that Dr. Luke gives us in this passage. The second reason is this. The truth of Jesus is divine. So first of all, the truth of Jesus is historical. Secondly, on your outline there, the truth of Jesus is divine. It is of God. Now earlier I said that the reason we are witnessing the decline of interest in history, I said, is because society has lost confidence in objective truth or objective reality. That's what I said. People believe they can now make up their own truth, including historical truth. And, I, and, and that's the reason. But there's also another reason why I think our interest in history has declined. And I think the reason is that most of the people around us have lost a sense of meaning and purpose in life. People don't know themselves. They don't know what life is about. They don't know why they are here. Generations in the past had that sense of meaning and purpose. But this generation, this society we are living in, people have lost the sense of meaning and purpose. You see, the world is rapidly changing. Life is coming at you at breakneck speed. And many people now see their life simply as a random succession of events. They see that everything, they think that everything is just we live by chance. As far as they are concerned, the past and the future are random, right? There is no one in charge of history, right? There is no overruling sovereign. Life is all down to chance. And that's the evolutionary model, isn't it? We are evolving, but we don't know to where. We came from nothing and we headed to nothing. Life has no purpose, right? So why bother to spend a lot of time to study history when it has no lasting purpose? I mean, it's a, it's a good question. And why should you bother to study history if it does not tell us, right? If life is a meaningless blob, right? It's, if it serves no ultimate purpose and value, why study history? If there's no guarantee of the future, if the future is shaped by the powerful and the strong, it could even be erased in the future. Why study it? Why study then the past? You see, meaninglessness in our society is one of the reasons people are not interested in studying history. But Luke tells us here that the truth of God, the truth of Jesus, is totally different. It's not just human history. We believe in the dual authorship of Scripture. Men really wrote the Bible, and God really wrote the Bible. The Word of God is, is, the, is the word of God. It is divine. Every single word is true in the scripture. The truth of God. The history we read in the Bible is not merely human history. It is divine history. It is the truth of God coming down to us in Jesus. And Luke makes this point in, a, in an implicit way that is easy for us to, meet, to miss. Look closely at verse 1 again. Notice what Dr. Luke says about the events recorded in this book. He says this, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have what? that have been accomplished among us, pause there, the word there, accomplished, can also be translated as fulfilled or completed. Luke is saying to Theophilus, the events of the life of Jesus are not random events. The Lord Jesus came to fulfill or to accomplish or to complete what God had planned long ago. His life events were previously made promises that have now come true. And Dr. Luke here is referring back to the Old Testament where God made promises to come in, in Jesus Christ. For example, in Isaiah 9, written 700 years before Jesus. Jesus fulfilled that and many other promises as we shall see as we go through Luke. And Luke's point is that the fact that these promises of many centuries old were fulfilled shows the divine origin of the Bible. And more immediately, Luke is saying this fulfillment of past promises in the life of Jesus shows that the truth of Jesus is the truth of God himself. God is the only person who is able to accurately predict the future because he's the only one who controls the past, the present, and the future. We can be confident in the truth of Jesus because even though it has been recorded for us by human beings, the truth of Jesus is ultimately divine history. Now, Theophilus knows all of this. Remember, he's a follower of Jesus. But he needs to be reminded by Dr. Luke to be confident in the truth of Jesus as historical and divine truth. Luke is saying to him and us, I don't want you to doubt the truth of Jesus that has been delivered to us. It is the only truth that gives us life with God. The truth of Jesus, I have recorded here in this gospel of God serving us in Jesus, is the only truth that gives true meaning, true purpose, and true fulfillment in life. The truth of Jesus is not a truth among many, it is the truth. It is the truth that makes sense of any other truth claims. This is the standard by which we judge any truth claim. The truth of Jesus is the ultimate reality. Everything else are shadows. It is the only game in time because it is the divine truth. And so Luke says, trust this truth of Jesus no matter what. Keep on believing it for yourself. And you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know you need this reminder this morning. Because you don't always live and serve Jesus with enthusiasm, with true trust, with fervency, with this truth of Jesus in mind. You don't do that. You know that because the truth of Jesus is divine, the sin in man will not allow people to welcome the truth of Jesus. Are you doubting the truth of Jesus today? The reason you're doubting the truth of Jesus even as I speak is because you are opposed to god the sin in you is stopping you from trusting the truth of god sinners hate the truth of god period and you as a believer you need to know that you know that because the truth of jesus is divine truth satan who hate God, will do everything to discourage you from loving and submitting to the truth of God, or being genuinely infused and interested in the truth of God. You know that. And yet you and I are prone to be discouraged by opposition. You're surprised when you share Jesus at work, and your job becomes a risk. You're like, oh, what's happening, what's happening to me? Work is so tough, I can't speak of Jesus. Why are you surprised? It is the truth. And the world hates the truth. You're way down that when you're trying to stand on the truth of Jesus and trying to share it with your friends, all of a sudden you lose friends. You lose friends. And it gets you down that you lose friends. It gets you down that you know, you're trusting in Jesus. You can't have the have the same friends, you can't be on the same page with your friends. <coughs> You're surprised that because you trust in Jesus, your marriage is difficult now. You're surprised and you're down about that. Don't be down about that. that It is because you are standing on the truth of Jesus. Do you believe this is the truth of Jesus or not? Are you feeling down at the moment? Be comforted, beloved. Stay the course. You have the divine truth. And it is no easy standing for God in a fallen world. Don't compromise on this truth. Don't doubt it. Keep holding on to the truth of the personal work of Jesus. Keep living it out at all costs. Don't be half-hearted about it. Don't be half-hearted like Judas. Don't be distracted by the waves of life like Peter. Give your heart wholeheartedly to the truth of Jesus. At all costs, we can be comfortable. By the way, I even said to parents leave out the truth of Jesus in the home. Stand firm, no matter how much it costs you. Stand firm as you parent your kids. Stand firm as you seek to guide them in this fallen world with with a very corrupt educational system. Stand firm in shaping them for Christ. Don't be half hearted. The truth of Jesus is historical, the truth of Jesus is divine. And here is the third and final reason to be confident of the truth of Jesus. We can be confident in the truth of Jesus because it's what? It is life-changing. It is life-changing. You see, when we truly believe and surrender our lives to the historical and divine truth of Jesus, it changes us. The, The Word of God is a transformer. The Gospel changes lives. And as we feed on the truth of Jesus, it grows us in living for Jesus. You know, Luke makes this point indirectly, actually, by reminding Theophilus how the life of Jesus impacted those who lived and talked with Jesus. Let's look again at those verses we looked at just before, verse 1 to 2. He says this inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative. By the way, you should never get tired of rereading the word of God. Let the word of God be read and let it speak to you directly. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. What Luke is saying there actually is that the the, the events of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, as we said before, were so impactful in the lives of those who witnessed them that they wrote about them. It's the impact these events had on them. Now, don't take this for granted, right? I know today we are living in a recording society, right? We were recording a lot last time, weren't we? <laughs> last weekend. But it's not just last weekend. We, we record all the time. We, 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 we love recording things because we have the technology to do that. And we, uh, we, 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 it looks like we care more about recording things than even engaging in life. You know, yesterday, as you know, I was at Omerton, right? And it was amazing, particularly the time of sang worship. I think we need to try that one I hear. I mean, it was lovely, sang worship. We had uh, Mr. Gooch come from Hayes Lane, and he, uh, it's just amazing the way, he, uh, the, the, the way the hymns were arranged and everything else, right? And we sang uh, three or four songs or whatever. Sister, you remember that? And as we were singing, it was, it was really good. I mean, I, I felt that the Lord is hearing, and he was. Yeah? So this was an amazing moment, right, at Omerton. And then in this amazing moment... I saw a brother, two to my right, take his camera and he starts recording this amazing moment. Now, at first it looked commendable, I, I said, his great that he's capturing this, because this is amazing. I can see why he's capturing it, it was awesome. But then, it just kept on recording, I'm like, I was expecting to stop, it just kept on going. He was not singing alone. So our brother got carried away, didn't he? He sadly missed the point. <laughs> we were there to worship God, not to record the thing. Right? But we must not be harsh on him. We shouldn't be harsh. And, and, uh, uh, because it's not alone. We are all like that in some way. In fact, it's the way life is now. We live in a world of constant recording of things. and It's just part of life now. But you see, in the time of Jesus, it was not like that. It was precious to record things. You know, we should be amazed that we have 66 books of the Bible, preserved for thousands of years. Not everything was recorded in the ancient world. So for Luke to say many people have sought to compile a narrative to remind us of this, it's truly amazing. To think God worked in the hearts of people to compile this narrative. But he's also speaking to the profound change this truth caused in them. They didn't simply record these events because there were significant moments. They recorded them because this truth of God, you see, compelled them from within. And you know, Luke explicitly makes it clear that this is also the case with Do You see in verse 3, just as it was for them, he says in verse 3, it seemed good to me also. What lovely words. It seemed good to me also. Luke is saying, I also couldn't help but write it out. I couldn't help but be moved and be transformed by the amazing truth of Jesus. The truth of Jesus is so good, says Luke. It has changed my life. And you know, Luke wants Field to also grow in being changed in Christ. As he reads the gospel. Look at verse 3 to 4. He says, It seemed also good to me, having followed all things closely, for some time past, Luke says, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Luke is saying, I'm writing this to you, Theophilus, because this is the way for your life to continue to be transformed if you're going to grow in Christ, you need this truth. As you feed on the truth of Jesus, which has transformed human history, it will continue to transform you. You will grow in loving and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. How how can feeding on the truth of Jesus, how can feeding on the Bible have such an impact on our lives? Well, because it is historical and divine truth. It is about God entering our story. It is his story, right? It is the truth of God, the Son, Jesus, becoming a man so that he can die for us on the cross, to bear in his body the wrath and judgment of God for your sin and mine. It is the truth of Jesus suffering on the cross, the, the holy and infinite violence of God for, for every soul God chose to be in Christ before the foundation of the world. It is the truth of Jesus not only dying in our place but being buried in that tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and rising from death not for himself but for us. It is the truth of Jesus giving new life to every soul that has truly repented of their sin and is trusting in the death and resurrection of Jesus It is the truth of Jesus who is now alive, ascended into heaven, reigning over all things, and being with us every day by the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is the truth of Jesus who is coming again at the end of history to bring all things under his lordship, to make all things new. If you are a follower of Jesus, beloved, you have every reason, no matter what's going on in your life this morning, to be confident of the truth of Jesus because it is a historical, divine, and life changing truth. How do we grow in trusting the truth of Jesus as a historical, divine, and life changing truth? Well, let me just quickly suggest three things, two things, then i end that are on your heartline. First of all, two things you need to do keep feeding on the truth of Jesus that is revealed in the Bible. Especially the wonderful four portraits of the life of Jesus. The wonderful truth of of the Lord's life, death, and resurrection. You see, trusting in the truth of Jesus does not grow in a vacuum. It grows on feeding on the truth of Christ, which is revealed to us in the living word of God. And the more our confidence in the truth of Jesus grows, the more we will feed on the Word of God. The Word of God creates its own appetite. As you feed on it, you can't get enough of it. And as you feed on it, you grow in confidence and trust in Jesus. Beloved, the reason you don't read your Bible regularly, the reason you've hardly come to Bible studies on Wednesday and you find a thousand other excuses, is the reason you don't make every effort to be here uh, on Sunday evening when you really can is that you are not hungry tell me, Pastor, are you going to encourage people especially the church members to make every effort to be on Wednesday? I'm like, they're just not hungry. Pray for the preachers. Pray for them to have a hunger for the word. They are not hungry. They are full and satisfied with the world. A broken and failing world. Failed world. When you are hungry for the Word, you want to feed on it on every opportunity. You'll be like, feed me or I'll die. And you know what? The more you are doubting God, the less hungry you are for the Word of God. And the more you doubt. There's a vicious cycle and there's a virtuous cycle. The virtuous cycle, the more you feed on the Word, the more you are hungry for Him, and the more you grow to trust in Him. The vicious cycle is you're not trusting God, you're not bothering to read the Word, your life is filled with thousand excuses, you're not reading the Bible in your own time, you're not taking up the means of grace in the church, and you're just declining in trusting God. We've all been there. We've all been there. But today is a day of repentance. God has brought you here to repent. Repent of your failure of not feeding on the word. Mothers, you make every effort for your child to eat the right food. Because we think that's important. What are you doing for your own soul? Spiritually. Repent. And fathers, of course. Secondly, and I'll end here. Keep encouraging other followers of Jesus to trust the truth of Jesus. It's so important we understand. If we, one of the most important things we can take away from this passage is that growing in Jesus is a community project. We need each other. The Bible was not really designed to be read by you alone. Most of the, all the letters in the, script, in the New Testament were actually written to groups. You are meant to read. And that's why Bible study and evening services are important. That's what we do here this morning is also very important. We are meant to read together. You see, when followers of Jesus experienced the truth of Jesus, they were so blown away that they wanted to encourage each other in this truth. That's why they compiled this narrative. Look at such a deep concern to see Theophilus grow in his faith in Jesus that he went to the trouble of compiling this narrative. This entire book is written for one man. One man. And not just one book. Two books. because Acts is also coming, isn't it? You see, the things of Jesus are meant to interest us to such a degree that we want other followers of Jesus to grow in having confidence in this truth of Jesus. Oh, beloved, as I've been reading these words of Luke, I have been blown away by Luke. He labored for the good of the church. What a great effort he put in to investigate these facts. There was no Uber. There was nothing like that. He had to travel to meet all these witnesses, to compile things. We talked about Titicus' efforts to get the letters to the churches. Luke, wow. What labor of love for Christ and his people. Beloved, do not think that Luke writing this inspired gospel was easy for him. It was hard work. It was hard work. And oh, how much money he must have spent of his own. And beloved, we need to do the same thing. We need to actively sacrifice time and resources to bring the word of God to each other. Let us find time to read and pray together. God isn't asking you to compile the scriptures, to travel around the world to compile you. This canon of scripture is closed. But he is asking you to at least do two things, I think. To find another believer in this church you can read the Bible with regularly. He has placed you in the life of others in this church for that very purpose. Tell me, what is it you are doing in your life that is more important than opening the word of God and investing it in the life of someone? around you. Only the things done by God will stand the test of time. And I believe reading the word of God with another believer will stand the test of time because it, the example is laid out for us in the scripture. And of course not all of us can practically do that for whatever reason. To save people outside but minimum parents, we must start that with our children, isn't it? We are carers, we are reading the Bible those we are caring for in the home. That's vital. And then God has given us the gift to even explain it, to preach it. But here you have the youth, you've got young people. It's tragic that we only meet the young people to explain the word of God once a month. We need to do that every week for them. This is the word of God. They need to hear it because the word is preaching to them every day. So there are opportunities here if we want to do it, right? Make it a priority. Secondly, as we go through look, as you hear the messages on Sunday, use these messages in Luke to encourage another person in your life. You can make a resolution today to say, look, at least once a week, I will speak to someone about something I heard on Sunday in Luke and share it with them. And you know I talk about reading the Bible together but it's very easy All you have to do during the week is to, to catch up with somebody over the phone to say we, re, we heard the sermon on Sunday how have you been thinking about what you've been reading have you followed up any interesting part or passages perhaps that are linked to that it's not rocket science is it resolve to speak to someone at least once a week about something you find helpful speak look into them and watch what God does so then thank you for your patience to summarize but we have learned this morning three reasons we can trust in the truth of Jesus. We can trust the truth of Jesus because it is historical truth, divine truth, and life-changing truth. How do we grow in trusting the truth of Jesus? Well, I've showed you from this, these two ways, by feeding on the word of God. Luke wanted the flesh to grow. He gave him the word. The word of God. Secondly, by encouraging one another in the word of God. Theophilus needed look. Someone here in this church needs you to be looked to them, to come alongside them, to read the word of God to them. Amen.